0: Hi, everyone. This is Megana and welcome back to a segment of the Starting the Conversation podcast. Um, this is going to be about the walkout that has recently happened in our school. Um, and and
1: the people that participated were right here with me, and we're going to
2: look at their opinions. And- um, my name is Haley Miller, and I'm a sophomore at the high school.
1: My name is Jamie Kim, and I'm a senior okay so my first question about our walkout was how was the walkout
0: organized
2: it started with like a small group of people um whose names i don't know if they want dropped right now um but then we kind of got together and talked about what we were seeing going on in our school and the lack of response i guess and we kind of talked about how the student body was really suffering like through that and how we weren't getting anything out of it so we talked about like different ways we could get our voices out and still like have student support and so it turned into a walkout it was we walk out we spit our messages we get it out there to the student body which is the intended audience and express that change is not something that happens overnight but getting information on it is something that could help progress the change we want to see.
3: Hayley, do you have any
0: comment on that as well?
2: I wasn't an organizer for it, so I can't really input anything. But
0: um, So Tori, like you mentioned about like how it was, you came to the idea of the walkout, like what were some of the
3: other options that you were considering? None that were
2: really like appropriate. It was kind. They were kind of like joke options, I guess. Okay. Yeah.
3: All right. I'll end this, and then we'll do the full thing. In this segment, we're going to be talking about our thoughts, opinions, and personal feelings about the racist incidents that happened in our school. Uh, so, in this discussion, we have um, me. My name is Mega. I'm Kristen. I'm Izzy.
0: I'm Pretty.
4: Okay, so the first topic of discussion we have is about um, kind of like the spread of infor- misinformation and the way that our news, the day newspaper, represented the information from our school. So I know for a fact that some of the information they put out there was false like how when the fight occurred, no police were called Um, during like the whole school assembly. Our principal did clarify that police were called after the incident occurred. So what do you guys think? Like, do you guys think that the day newspaper, did they show and represent most information accurately or?
0: I mean, I think most of the information was true and they also gave good perspectives, but it was you know, visible that some of the things that they said were taken out of context. Like maybe like the people that they were getting stuff from were giving them inaccurate things. Cause that's like normal in reporting. Like you can't control that always, but I thought they did a good job of reporting and they gave us different sides to like what we were hearing.
1: Um. So a couple of things that like, They said in the day was that she said, was like segregation existed for a reason and Black people are insignificant to the sole reason that they're Black. And like, I don't care about Black people, and that's just the truth. And like, I think that, you know, everybody is entitled to their own opinion and beliefs, but that doesn't mean they should share it with everybody and make anyone feel like they're less than somebody solely for like the color of their skin, which is clearly wrong. So I think like, um, she needs to like take accountability, and there needs to be like obviously some punishments, but need to be like a learning portion of this.
0: Yeah, I think that the words they sh- she used were like violent and like openly hateful, which is wrong.
4: Yeah, when I first um read it, I was sick to my stomach that someone could actually think like that, and it's just really sad I was shocked that she was like
3: able to like bluntly say that to somebody like it wasn't even like she didn't even try to hide that she felt that way she just like made it like just wrote it all down and just sent it to one person
0: and also like it kind of shocks me that she thought that she typed all of that and then she sent it
1: yeah I thought that was like like really messed up that you would send that to someone for like just your reasons like i think that's like a prime instance of like keeping it to yourself and cuz that was like pretty messed up to sending to that someone making them feel less than and like obviously that would hurt someone yeah, and i feel like
3: after she said that a lot of people felt really uncomfortable around her and which makes complete sense cuz like now you know exactly how she feels you know like you know how she looks at minorities and like whenever you go like people could like I just feel scared now because like whenever they you know go up to her and get near her they're like oh she might think this way of me because this is what she said to somebody else you know and I mean I've I know that she tried to apologize for it and all but I, I don't think people like really took that apology as an apology or and felt like she could do more with it because you know it's very clear that she meant it
0: and also that like brings to me like Are people, like, really willing to accept her, like, back into the school community? Like, if she's been welcomed back by, like, the administration and now has, like, a security guard with her at all times, how are we supposed to respond to that and feel okay when she's getting protected, but students of color are not as protected as her?
3: Yeah, and that kind of leads on to, like, the main, I guess, theme of... You know this whole episode which is like about microaggressions. Uh microaggressions are basically like they can be intentional or they can be unintentional, but they're kind of just like comments that racist comments that are like sent to somebody to make them feel like really ostracized and like where they live and where they are and kind of like they're really derogatory words that make them feel like like that they don't fit in society. I guess there's a lot of, like, uh, categories of microaggressions. There's a of intelligence, which basically is, like, assuming someone's intelligence based off of their ethnicity. And it goes both ways. You know, it's not just for people of color or just for people that aren't of color. They, they both are attacked by this microaggression. Like, an example of that would be, like, uh, all Asians are, like, extremely smart or something like that or like all Asians are like great at math and science. And, and that may be the case for a lot of people. That doesn't mean if somebody has different interests in that, it doesn't mean that they can't have those interests because of their ethnicity, you know? So that's one category, one example. Another one is, a, is um, assumptions of criminality. That's basically like guarding belongings more carefully when around certain groups of people, like people of color. Like assuming that these pe- like people of color are like are criminals or like bad people with bad morals because of how they look and that's been that's kind of been here like in society like since like segregation like this whole you know a long time before like the 2000s so
0: yeah so in our school we have a club called cultural awareness And we're working to create a more equitable community in our school. And we've already talked to um, the Morning Show. I don't know if anyone's ever noticed that the way in the language that the Morning Show talks is not normal. And the language they use is called AAVE, and it's African vernacular language. And it is language that people of color developed over time from and its roots are in slavery like they would communicate so that they that people wouldn't understand what they were saying and it was something rooted in their history that now people use as in a comedic way to speak and it is not code. like teachers and students have all noticed that like the morning show is like misused these words and they often use like rap music and black culture to be comedic. And it's not funny and it's not normal. And it just like, it makes black people kind of feel alienated. Like, why are they taking my culture and making it comedy? And that's like a lot, what we see with a lot of cultures, like it's used as comedy and that makes people feel awful about who they are. Cause you're just taking my roots and culture and using it as a joke.
3: Uh, Yeah, we also have, like, a DEI student community, um, a meeting, like, in committee that's kind of focusing on talking about microaggressions and kind of, like, sharing personal stories with everybody and having, you know, civilized discussions about this so students can make sure that everybody feels comfortable no matter what um, background they come from there's
0: a we're having a faculty meeting to try to explain microaggressions and how to spot them in classrooms for teachers because a lot of the time they're seen in classrooms and even some teachers can do it like I've seen teachers compare students to their ethnic food like you remind me of this food and it's just like not okay and students need to feel more comfortable in their classrooms and by doing like these types of meetings and seminars, we are creating a more equitable community and making it feel better for students of color.
3: And lastly, so what do you guys think, actually? Like, do you think the school reacted well to this whole incident? Like, I mean, I think that, like, personally, I feel like at first, like, at first glance, like, from the the initial, the, the first thing that set everything on fire, like that, uh, Snapchat, uh, Post. I feel like if they addressed it then or did something severe that, they, that the student that sent that understood like the immensity and the, the gigantic problem behind what she said, then I don't think we'd have like a such of a big problem as like right now. At the same time, I feel like they're trying because, you know, we see like the DER student community, we see cultural awareness, we, we see all these groups and people speaking out and i think they're trying their best
4: to listen. Yeah, i would agree with mega. I I think at first it it wasn't handled as best as it could be, i think, but i like how now they're just they're trying to keep the conversation going and getting student involvement because i think that's like an important part like getting people to share their stories and like have us um, like creating safe environments so that we can, um, like people can feel safe in our school. Cause I think that's like the main thing, like the school wants us to feel safe and, you know, be safe. So that, that probably not doesn't make sense, but I think that like, um, what they've been trying to do is like it's like an effort towards like something, something good. I think I don't know.
0: I feel like also like thinking on the other side of things with the school's response. So what I heard is they couldn't really address it because it wasn't on campus, so it wasn't really something that they could have like change. Like with the Snapchat, with the that social media thing, it's not tangible. It's not something that they could control or hold as evidence. And I think that their response with that could have been more generalized because then they could have approached it as like, we saw this, we've heard about something going on. Like they didn't have to be specific about it, but they could have made it better. But instead they chose not to get into it at all, which kind of just, it's just problematic doing that. Like with like students and social media, like everything gets spread around so fast that you have to address it. And then with the, with the bathroom incident, I think that they should have, it was hard to address that because also they have to keep things private because they're minors. So with the information on how they like handled that, we can't really know. But if, yeah, it's hard to tell if there really was a change or a good approach.
1: I know um, they were also talking about privacy acts, and that's another reason why the administration can't share um, some information for the privacy of the students involved. And they also, I think there's like a legal aspect of it where they have to protect like both students on both sides. So I think even though it doesn't seem fair, there's like a lot of legality to it, which um, is like, if we don't know about it, um, it's harder to understand. So
3: there's a lot of like complications, you know, like listening to both points of views that um you know came with this issue so i feel like the best thing that we could do now is just move on and also just understand that we, our school has to be like in general like not specifically like more inclusive like i feel like people can always be more inclusive and understanding
4: and that's like, yeah uh, sorry i also feel like we just need to treat people with kindness especially like during these times you don't i think like our world is full of a lot of hate and we don't need that we need to like treat people with kindness and respect
3: well uh thanks for watching everybody um make sure to watch follow us on instagram at start the Combo underscore podcast Uh, we actually have a question for this um episode have you ever been hurt by a microaggression and how did it make you feel um If you're interested, feel free to comment your answer on our recent post, um, and we'll see you later.